You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. And hello, everyone. I'm so glad you've joined us today for episode 148. What to say when bad things happen to good people. It's been a rough couple of weeks for me. It started with going to a funeral of a former student of mine when I taught high school English back in the 70s. Janet and I reconnected with her and her husband several years ago before cancer invaded her body and finally took her life. What do you say to her husband, to her children, and grandchildren? Shortly after that funeral, a good friend met with Janet and me to tell us through her tears and halting breath that her 40-something daughter was just diagnosed with colon cancer. It's quite advanced, and everyone in the family is in a state of shock. Then several days ago, another good friend, a missionary, emailed me to say that the baby born to his son and daughter-in-law that morning was stillborn. The doctors don't know what caused a healthy heartbeat to suddenly stop shortly before birth. It was to be our friend's first grandchild. The entire extended family is devastated. What do you say to people in situations like this? I came across a helpful blog post several years ago by Tim Piles, who was the preaching minister at the Broken Arrow Church of Christ in suburban Tulsa, Oklahoma. In his blog post, he shares five things not to say in situations like the ones I just described. I'll share excerpts from his post that I hope you will find useful. The first example of what not to say is, everything happens for a reason. The author writes, no it doesn't, not even close. This is one of those statements that is almost in the Bible though it may sound like an affirmation of unqualified faith in a sovereign God, in actuality, it slanderously accuses God of cruelty and injustice and impugns his divine will. Romans 8.28 is frequently used as a proof text for this unbiblical notion. But that passage doesn't teach that all earthly outcomes are somehow the result of a micromanaging, manipulative deity. Read the passage carefully, he says. Everything happens for a reason is a quotation from Marilyn Monroe, not the Messiah. He goes on to say, Since I have written about this statement previously, I won't further belabor the point here. And then he gives a link to an article he wrote entitled, Everything Happens for a Reason, right? He gives a link to that in his blog post, and I'll have a link to it also 
at the end of the show notes where he goes into this concept in a lot more detail. The author continues with the second thing not to say. It's this. God won't give you more than you can handle. Again, close, but no. Almost in the Bible, but not. Such a statement suggests that God's divine hand is on a celestial spigot of suffering, determining and divvying out tragedies and heartaches based on his assessment of our ability to, quote, handle it. It's not only wrong and hurtful, but insulting to suggest to someone that their immense suffering is somehow a divine compliment. Now, let me pause for a moment and add that God sometimes does give us more than we can handle in order to encourage us to depend on Him. His glory is so often demonstrated in our weakness and inability to deal with the things the world throws at us. Giving us more than we can handle can connect us more deeply with God if we allow it to. Well, back back to the blog post with number three of what not to say. God is in control. Piles writes, Ultimately, yes, God reigns supreme and unrivaled over the whole of his creation. But offered as a response to a tragic loss, God is in control comes across as yet another hollow platitude, and worse, one that wrongly laves the blame for our suffering squarely at the foot of God's throne of grace. I, I'm, I myself would agree with the author's comment on this one. God is in control, is certainly true. But people in the middle of suffering won't be comforted by it. The truth won't sink in, until much later. And is so often the case, timing is everything. Much of the pain and suffering we experience is because we live in a fallen world outside the garden. We, we tend to forget that. Well, moving on, Tim Piles shares the next phrase not to say to hurting people. God has a plan. Yes, he does, but the death of their child was not part of it. Now to this, I would add remarks like God has a plan often comes off as our effort to defend God and what he does in the affairs of mankind. God doesn't need us to defend him. God has a plan is a statement that's prone to distance us from hurting people. Finally, The last of the what not to say is this. One day you'll understand why. One day you'll know the reason. No, they won't. The author of this blog post does not leave us hanging with what not to say. Here is what he says are helpful things we can and should say or do. If this is a person who you know and love, Tell them how much they mean to you and how much your heart aches with them and for them. Tell them how much you loved their child and how much you miss them. Tell them, I can't imagine the pain, the hurt, the sense of loss, 
and the anger you are feeling. Grief is a journey and a process. It's not an event. Patiently love them and consistently demonstrate the spirit of Christ Jesus. When the time is right, assure them that God loves them too. Remind them that they can speak openly and honestly to God about what they are feeling. Hopefully in time, they will come to see how God can bring light even out of the darkest of nights and out of our brokenness. He can bring blessing. He's not the cause, but rather the redeemer of our suffering. So, what, what does all of this mean for you, for me? I like how the author concludes his remarks. He says the following, Our presence and our actions of kindness and compassion should always precede our words and completely substitute for them if necessary. Show compassion, extend kindness, demonstrate humility, deal with them gently, and be patient with them. And he gets that all from Colossians 3.12. He finishes with this. The emotions of those who have suffered soul-jarring and faith-shaking losses are very real and extremely raw. What they feel is what they feel. Their pain is deep. Their grief is intense. To attempt to get them to deny their emotions, to suppress their feelings, or to feel guilty about their anger will be completely unhelpful and counterproductive and will almost certainly ensure that you will not be welcomed to walk beside them throughout their long journey of grief. Hmm, interesting. Well, here, here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's episode. It's very brief, and it's this. Be careful of what not to say when bad things happen to good people. And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts you may have about today's episode. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to think about what phrases to avoid in trying to be helpful to the hurting people in your life and to instead live out Colossians 3.12 where the Apostle Paul says, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. For when you do, you will find the joy God intends for you in your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's it for today. And until we connect again next time, spread a little relational sunshine to those around you. Goodbye for now. <laughs>